Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, friends. This is Matthias Roberts, and you're listening to Queerology, a podcast on belief and being. This is episode 23. I am a product of by invisibility culture. You know, and I, I just want to let people know that there's nothing to be ashamed of within themselves. Um, bisexuality is a completely valid and beautiful orientation. Alex G is a songwriter, artist, performer, and advocate. In 2010, she began posting videos of her self-singing covers on YouTube, and her channel quickly became one of the fastest growing on the site. As of recording this episode, she has over 200 million views and nearly 1.6 million subscribers. Alex's recent coming out puts her among the top 10 most popular LGBTQ women on YouTube. She writes music to celebrate and affirm our shared humanity, and through storytelling, invites her listeners into deeper self-love and vulnerability. This is her first interview since coming out. Alex reached out to me because she listens to the podcast. And let's be honest, when I got that message, I freaked out. Because she wanted to have a space where she could talk about her sexuality in a little bit more detail than what she could just cover on her YouTube channel. And this is becoming a catchphrase, (laughs) but I am so excited for this episode. We talk about bisexuality, bi erasure, our movie star junior high crushes, and some of what has happened to Alex since coming out. As a side note, it was so much fun to meet so many of you who listened to this podcast in Chicago this past weekend. Uh, For everyone who came over and said hello, introduced themselves, I loved hearing about where you listen to the podcast. Uh, I, I think my favorite story is this guy who's a trucker. Uh, and he listens to this podcast in his truck, and he says sometimes it takes him a full day to get to an episode because he like pauses it and has to digest it. And I, I don't, it's stories like that that just keep me going. Uh, so thank you to everyone. It was so much fun to meet you all. Uh, let's go ahead and dive in. Alex, hi. Hi. <laughs> How's your day going? It's good. It's a really nice day and a really nice fall day in Nashville. How's yours going? It's great. It is like, this is one of our first sunny days in Seattle for like two weeks and I am just loving it. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. It's wonderful. Yeah. Uh, so to start, a uh, question that I start every episode with. How do you identify? Uh, and then how would you say that your faith has helped form that identity? Um, okay, so I would identify as a bisexual cisgender woman. And <laughs> my faith, it's interesting because I don't think that if I had become affirming uh, of the LGBTQ community, I don't think I would have ever looked inwards at my own sexuality. So um, yeah, I, I did a lot of reading and diving in and, and changing and growing in regards to my faith, um, like three years ago, because I'd grown up in a very, 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 uh, conservative Christian religious, uh, 
home. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I was mostly just, I grew up afraid of God and I had to kind of unlearn a lot of that. And once I, I, uh, came to the conclusion that there is no law, <laughs> I, that kind of threw my whole world upside down. Uh, and I had to rethink a lot of things, uh, that I had been just shoving down in myself for my whole life. Um, yeah. And so honestly, like without my faith, I don't know if I would have been able to even accept this part of myself. That's so, yeah. that's so interesting because I feel like, you know, so often we hear the story of like, I found, I figured this out about myself and then I had to reconcile it with my faith. Whereas for <laughs> yeah. you, it was like, I explored my faith and all of a sudden, like I realized that I was bi. Like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's absolutely insane. And I hear that story all the time. Like that's typically, I think what happens. And for me, um, you know, like I'd been in two pretty serious, uh, heterosexual relationships. Um, or yeah, uh, in my life and this kind of, uh, other side of me, I was able to, I mean, there would be years at a time where I would just be like, I'm not going to look at that. And that thing doesn't exist. It sometimes does, but it's definitely in secret. Uh, and so I just, I, I, I think for me, I didn't even know really what bisexual meant. I had no one to look up to growing up who was an out bisexual person who could, who I saw myself reflected in. And so I think that really was the reason why I didn't think that what was going on inside of me had anything to do with orientation. I thought that it meant I was hypersexual. And so, and so I thought that that was just like a human part of me that made me weird and gross and dirty and that I had to hide. And so I never was like, Hmm, I might not be straight. I was, I was always just thinking, Hmm, why am I so overly sexual? And I am really ashamed of myself. Um, and so I don't know. It's, it's really interesting. Like, I don't think I knew, I feel, I don't think I would have had the language for it, but you know, it wasn't until I kind of, you know, I left home for a long period of time. Uh, I moved out of my house, uh, when I was what, I think 20, um, I grew up in Colorado and actually, which is really funny, I just learned this recently. I grew up in one of the top 10 most conservative cities in America. And Ooh. I did not know <laughs> until like I found it in an article somewhere. And I was like, you've got to be kidding. But it makes so much sense now. Mm -hmm. um, I, yeah, I grew up in a household where um, honestly, anything regarding gosh, just sexuality, uh, uh, accepting that we are, you know, sexual beings or, uh, it just, it wasn't talked about. It was really uncomfortable. Um, I remember we would, I mean, it would go so far as we would be watching like a Disney channel original movie and the two main characters would kiss at the end. And my dad like would like close his eyes and be like, Oh, why do they have to do that? And it was just so anything sexual was just, taboo and gross and we don't talk about that and you just don't do it like you just don't <laughs> it's this huge secret and so I just didn't know how to process that part of myself in a healthy way you know everything I learned about sexuality or sex or anything like that I learned over the internet and I was always in you know in secret because I was taught that it's supposed to be in secret um yeah and so 
you know, and my, my faith really at the time, I wouldn't say it was my faith either. Like I would say it was my family's faith. Um, but that really, that was, that played a huge part in my, I guess, fear to be, I guess, just not a perfect Christian. Like I would get asked questions like, do you know where you're going to go? Like if you died right now, do you know where you would go? (laughs) Well, you better figure that out. Like at like 12 years old. Um, and so, you know, it was just very fear-based and very, uh, Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve, like not necessarily like (laughs) well thought out, but just kind of like, okay, this is what you think. And this is how it goes. And you don't question it because you'll probably go to hell. And so that was just so unhealthy. And it wasn't until, you know, I had been out of my, uh, that Christian, that kind of evangelical Christian culture for a long enough time, uh, that I was, you know, I, I mean, I moved to LA, so <laughs> it's like as it's like as like progressive liberal as it gets in these in the states. Um, just just I guess normalizing the fact that I'm a sexual being. And the first time I heard that, I was in therapy because the way I would bring it up about my uh, wondering if I was questioning my orientation, as I, I used to say, well, I used to think I used to wonder if I was gay. I don't like I used to you know, have those questions. And my therapist was like, well, you're a sexual being, Alex. And let me explain this to you. And I was offended when she said that. I was like, are you, you're telling me that I'm like me, Alex, like I'm a really sexual person. Why are you saying that? Like, how do you, why do you think that? I was so offended. Um, It really helped me start a conversation of just normalizing that, like biologically. Yeah. And that was when I was able to just kind of I was just, once you, once I got rid of the fear of that, I was able to start loving myself better. Um, I was able to, you know, be more compassionate towards myself and towards other people. Um, and you know, I grew up demonizing like the LGBTQ community and, and once I, once I made friends in that community, I mean, you know, once you know someone who is something that you have been afraid of your whole life. Like it changes everything. You know, you, you have a face to a quote unquote issue. Um, and then you start to question everything. It's like, well, this person's an incredible person and shows me Jesus more than some of my evangelical Christian friends and family do. How in the world is this, is this person not fully embraced by God? I don't get it. So it started with, I had some friends who were gay and who are gay. (laughs) And, uh, that at least began to, uh, make me question things a little bit, but yeah, it wasn't until really recently that I started to even question that I, I came out to myself at the top of this year. Um, yeah. And I, I came out publicly about, uh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And a lot of stuff happened. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because I was going to say, like, like this, I mean, you you called yourself a a bisexual woman. And that, like, that is a, maybe, I mean, it sounds like you've known for a while, but a a new identity to name for yourself. Because you did just come out a few weeks ago. And very publicly. Mm -hmm. um, And, I mean super exciting to do that. Yeah, and I would yeah. imagine there's a lot that comes with kind of 
like starting to kind of feel that label out and, and live into it and, and absolutely put it on for size. Like it's interesting because it, it, you know, just even the term, the term sex and sexuality and sexual orientation. And it's, I used to just have the hardest time saying those words. Um, like I just couldn't form them. I felt so, it felt so wrong. It felt like saying a curse word. Um, which now, you know, I cuss all the time. <laughs> uh, 20 year old Alex would be so embarrassed of myself. Um, no, but, uh, yeah, to, to claim, to be able to say I'm a bisexual woman is like, it is huge for me and it is so empowering. And I've seen it just, I mean, in the wake of my public coming out, I have seen it, uh, uh, empower people around me, people that I've known for a while, but who, uh, now feel, I guess the permission to start looking inwards for themselves. Like it's just, I mean, and it's, and I feel like this is very Brene Brown, um, by the way, who is like my hero. I, I love Brene and she was like reading her book, like the gifts of imperfection. Like that was all the start of my just mental health, uh, you know, obsession in my life. And, and it's, yeah, that her work, applying her work to my life really changed my life. And part of that was when you speak shame, when you speak things that you're ashamed about, um, it, it can't survive. And for me, like just the word sex and the word, uh, sexual sexuality, bisexual. Now I feel like I, um, I guess I just like, I have, I have, I guess, reclaimed ownership of those words in myself and like love those parts about me. And I feel like when I did that, you know, I feel like I spoke a lot of other people's shame too. And I feel like because I spoke it in such a like, I mean, I felt like I was pretty confident um, in my coming out. I feel like they were like, you know, feeling more courageous to, to come out as well. Like as so many people have come out to me, <laughs> like strangers, um, people who are just like, I'm so, I haven't come out to anyone else. Like my parents, no one knows. And it's all, it's typically really similar stuff. Um, and that's what I've just found about sharing your story. When you share your story, you give other people the courage to share theirs and to, to realize that they're not alone and that, you know, if, if someone that I see myself in or that I look up to can, can work through this or can name this or is going through the same thing as me, then maybe I'm okay. Um, and honestly, that's like, that's why I came out. That's, that's like 90% why I came out is because I, I feel and have felt like a sense of responsibility, uh, not obligation, but responsibility, just like to, to be a part of the conversation because I have a platform and because I know that when I was 13 and I was <laughs> having secret crushes on <clears throat> female celebrities, like, and like terrified about it. Um, I really could have used someone to look up to who named by bi- bisexuality and who said, this is me, this is what this is. And it's awesome and it's completely valid. And I think that I would have, you know, been able to at least understand what was going on inside of me so that I didn't feel so crazy and so wrong. And I just know that there's someone else out there 
who's just young Alex, just just looking everywhere for someone who reflects them. Um, and I just really think that that's life changing. And so so that's why I wanted to come out publicly. And also just because, you know, when, once you I think once you come to accept and understand and learn a part of yourself um, to like hide it is just I just wasn't I just was feeling like I was kind of a uh, a slave to that. And I just wanted to, I just want to, you know, I want to live in my complete truth and, and um, there's so much freedom in, in that. And I just, you know, I just, uh, I care about LGBTQ advocacy and stuff. And, and I, I want to be a part of the conversation in that way. And, um, but it's been, uh, it's been beautiful and amazing. And it's also been really, really hard. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Yeah. That makes, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Like, I think you, you kind of named that once you realize something about yourself to hide it, like it, it it's better to be authentic with it. Yeah. And I mean, and for those yeah. of us who have the space and the safety mm-hmm. to live into mm-hmm. that authenticity, like, yeah. of, of course we want to do that. And Absolutely. And I'm curious, like, about bisexuality specifically, because that, I mean, and you mentioned this in in your video, but that is like there's like the thing of bisexual erasure in Mm -hmm. uh, in our world of where a lot of people will see it as the kind of soft transition to coming out as (laughs) Mm -hmm. gay or like whatever Mm -hmm. um whereas it's it's a real thing and i we've i've talked about this in other episodes but i'd love to hear your thoughts of kind of like i mean you're not gay you're bisexual yeah yeah i mean and I'm really new to this. Uh, and I, (laughs) yeah. And I mean, I just, I learned about, I guess the term by invisibility. Uh, I don't know. It was, it was sometime this year for sure. But once I, once I started looking into that and I was reading some, some articles, I think I read like a, uh, oh gosh, I I think it was an Elial Cruz article. Mm -hmm. Um, but just talking about, the, I guess, effect that not, not having enough people out, come out as bi, to name the word bisexual, um, how that affects people and, and our culture. And I, I read it and most of all, I just resonated. I was like, I think the reason why I had, I mean, I, you know, obviously there is a lot of religious baggage there, but I think a huge reason also, why I had so much shame about myself growing up and, and I didn't understand myself is because of the effects of bi-invisibility and bi-erasure. Again, I saw myself as like hypersexual, sexually deviant, and it doesn't help in pop culture when you've got artists, like pop artists or with, with a lot of influence um, who are writing these songs that uh, fetishize bisexuality and it's all very it's very like promiscuous and um, secretive and don't tell your mother and um, I'm curious for you like it's all very uh, you know it's again like perpetuating the secrecy of it all and the kind of um, I don't know it just it doesn't normalize bisexuality it doesn't name it it just kind of says sometimes I'm like interested in making out with a girl cause Ooh, I'm fun and wild. Like that's not, 
And that never resonated with me, the whole, you know, bad girl, wild girl uh, narrative. And so, but I, I took that on though, even though I knew it wasn't me, I was so ashamed of that because I was like, well, that's what, that's what this is. It must be what it is. Um, and I just, I just think it's so important, uh, especially if you have influence. I mean, and if you're in a safe place to do so, of course, um, to come out and use the word bisexual, if that resonates with you. Uh, but that's, I just felt, I just felt so, um, I just felt so pushed to do that within myself because I was like, I am a product of by invisibility culture. Uh, you know, and I, I just want to let people know that there's nothing to be ashamed of within themselves. Um, bisexuality is a completely valid, um, and beautiful orientation. And also I read an, a definition that actually really helped me because I thought, you know, I'm just young Alex thinking in super binaries. Um, but I, I actually want to find this definition. Okay. Quote, I call myself bisexual because I acknowledge that I have in myself the potential to be attracted romantically and or sexually to people of more than one sex and or gender, not necessarily at the same time, not necessarily in the same way and not necessarily to the same degree. And that was so helpful for me because it's so easy to overcomplicate and overthink and be like, well, I mean, I mean, I used to talk about it in terms of like percentages. I was like, I think I'm like 15% gay. And it just, it was so, uh, I mean, it was, it was more like damaging than not, but also, you know, as part of my process. Uh, but then, but then realizing that like, girl, just take the pressure off of you. It doesn't necessarily have to be in the same way in the same, to the same degree. Uh, you know, it's, it's all just so fluid and on a spectrum and that's just humanity. Like humanity is so, I don't even want to say gray, like just colorful. Um, and I think, I think understanding that really helped in my finding freedom. Um, and it's just been, yeah, it's just been a journey towards more freedom every single day. Um, and with that, um, I, so I'll just be transparent about this, but, um, the day that I came out, my, uh, music management quit. And that was incredibly shocking and hard. Um, uh, they, the company is, is very immersed in CCM Christian, uh, contemporary Christian music. Um, they manage a lot of big Christian artists and uh, my manager, I came out to him because I knew that I wanted to come out publicly and we had a few really long conversations and, and it's interesting, like the kind of questions he was asking me just about me personally, I was just kind of confused by but then I I think I processed it later and realized like oh like our culture it has a lot of just a lot of biphobia um and and it's and it's not it's just like not understanding I guess what it is and what I kept hearing in that conversation was like well people usually don't believe people who come out as bisexual and they're just gonna think you're asking we want to make sure that you you're not begging for attention. And we want to make sure that you're not just doing it for the views. And, and I'm just like, and it's so interesting. Cause I was just like, 
that has literally never once crossed my mind. Like I'm so confident and excited about this. I wonder why you are so caught up on the, uh, you know, on what people are going to think, but it's just, it's just interesting. Like the questions that, that were asked, like, well, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean you're bisexual? (laughs) And, uh, (laughs) like are you like a like is it a is it a verb or like an adjective and I'm like what do you mean is it a verb or an adjective like (laughs) that's such a weird question but that's basically like asking are you a practicing bisexual like (laughs) it's like I don't it's just so interesting like I have the ability to be attracted to multiple genders and that's just 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 the same way that you know you're attracted to women and that's that's a part of you. And this is a part of me. And I think the concern was so much about the narrative being switched to, oh, well, Alex G is a, now the bisexual artist. Um, and I'm like, well, actually, like, I have a lot of friends who are out who have come out as artists. Uh, well, not as artists, but who artists who have come out. <laughs> uh, guess what world? I have to tell you. Um, and I, I've seen it have a really beautiful impact, um, on their career and also just the world around them. And, um, but you know, the impact is not the point of what I'm trying to do. And if people can't see that this part of me, this part of me that I love, but again, this part of me is not all of me, but, uh, and it doesn't change the kind of music that I'm going to make. Uh, it doesn't change, uh, the direction I want to go. It doesn't change. Um, I guess just my purpose. I think it's very aligned with my purpose. Um, and if people can't see that, then that's, that's okay. But that's definitely, you know, an embedded, um, biphobia, homophobia, or just not, not understanding, uh, within themselves. And so I was really confident to do it. It just, it was kind of shocking though, when, you know, I decided to come out and he quit. It just was the first time I had, I guess, experienced, I mean, honestly, I'm still processing, but you know, it it felt discriminatory, um, because it felt so unnecessary and, uh, it just didn't really make any sense. And so, yeah, that was really hard. Um, and it's just been trying to, I guess, you know, pick up the pieces and, and, and I know that I'll be okay, but, it kind of also opened my eyes to the fact that like, Oh, like there are so many people who are unsafe when they come out and they lose their jobs and they, and this is, this is real. And this is happening in 2017 America. Um, like, you know, that that's happening, but it doesn't hit you until like it's right before your very eyes. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 yeah I've, I've had a couple of experiences like that too, of where all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, I know like discrimination is out there. And then all of a sudden it happens mm-hmm. to you and it's like, and mm-hmm. then you like, you like use that word discrimination. And you're like, wait, this feels like such a severe word. It does. Doesn't and it? yet like, but that's exactly what it is. Like, <laughs> but that's exactly what it is. Yeah. yeah. And I have such a hard time, I guess, using, using like <laughs> harsh language like that, because I always am trying to give people the benefit of the doubt. Um, and while like I know that this uh my previous manager like I know that he there's so many like incredible qualities 
about him as like a human. And I, and it's just, it just reminds you that like, you don't have to be a horrible, nasty person, like aggressive, violent person to have, to be homophobic and to be biphobic. Like you don't, you know, you don't have to be one of those like crazy, angry, uh, people who shout slurs at, at, um, gay people to be damaging and hurtful to your LGBTQ friends and family. Like you don't, you know, it's just, it can be so subtle. Um, and I think that's what was so hard. Um, and it kind of felt like, it kind of felt like, like, uh, I hadn't experienced this in church because I didn't, I didn't grow up going to church, but, uh, I, I was pretty heavily involved in church in like 2014 through 2015. Um, but I know that a lot of a lot of the time what happens is you go to a church and if you are gay or bisexual or if you are queer, you walk in and if you're open about it, they say, oh, well, we love you and you're welcome here and you belong here. Um, but then the second you want to get involved, the second you want any any to be a part of anything that requires leadership, uh, you're not allowed all of a sudden. And all of a sudden, and and just that very kind of underhanded patronizing, it's just such a patronizing way of telling you that, like, we love you, but we are better than you. (laughs) God thinks so, too. (laughs) Um, I think that's almost worse than, like, I just kind of wish, you know, that I had clear signs beforehand to be, because, you know, it it just, it's it's that thought of, of, uh, convincing someone that you're trustworthy but then when stuff gets hard it's like ah uh, well you know i love you but not but like but not too much sorry this is too uncomfortable (laughs) for me so (laughs) requires too much of myself yeah and that i think that's just it's just been hard to process that um you know aside from that my parents (laughs) that's been another difficult thing but you know i i'm i made sure that before i told people before I told my family um, that I was going to be in a place where I didn't need for them to uh, respond well for me to love and accept myself. Um, that was important for me. I needed to process my way through my own shame before I uh, necessarily told people I didn't know if I could trust. And um, because, gosh, I mean, those voices could be so harsh and so powerful if you let them. And I didn't get, I didn't, you know, receive a very good response from my for my parents, but you know, it's hurtful, but I don't, I'm not internalizing it. And I think that's the important thing. Yeah. So there's, there's that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Gosh. It's like, I mean, the coming out is just rough. Like there's that, there's that level of freedom that comes Mm -hmm. with it, but there's also Mm -hmm. everything else that comes with it. And I think anyone who's come out kind of, you know, it, it all happens in our own particular ways, but it's like, mm-hmm. you're, you're in the thick of it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, and it's hard. I'm, I'm smack dab in the middle. Like I'm on the, you know, I just came out <laughs> and, uh, it's fresh and it's, it feels like every day I'm, but, but, and I feel like I've heard people talk about this, but it feels like every day is like a new kind of coming out. Um, and it's just, for me, it's just kind of getting used to and, and getting used to this freedom and 
being my like complete 100% full self and learning to like operate as that Alex because I hadn't operated as that Alex for my entire life. Um, and it feels like I'm in, you know, the body that I was created to be in and I'm just learning how to, how to function like that and how to, yeah, to be a functioning and healthy human in the world like that. And it's clumsy. (laughs) It's, it's, uh, it's sometimes really scary. Um, but it's like the most rewarding. Mm. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. I burped. (laughs) (laughs) I took took a second. (laughs) You can leave that in if you want. Um, (laughs) Oh gosh. Okay. Composure. Um, but it's, it's been the most rewarding. Um, I've experienced the most love. I've, I've like received the most love and I've been able to give the most love. I think because I have been able to fully love myself, I can fully, I can love other people better. Um, and I, I find myself to be more present. I find myself to just be uh, more resilient and more brave. And honestly, that's the reward at the end of the day. Uh, and, and also just, I mean, it, it matters so much like to receive the emails and the messages I get from, from kids who are going through those same things and to be able to be a voice in their life. I'm just like that. Like, I know how important that is and not to not, I mean, not to toot my own horn. I'm just saying like, it's just for kids going through this stuff, like, it's the most important thing. And I know I could have really used that growing up. And luckily, like I was able to process my coming out and my sexuality in a safe and uh, understanding and loving environment um, away from home, uh, in my own home uh, with people and with people in my life who I trust and who love me for like every part of me and a therapist. I'm just saying like, I think everyone in the world needs therapy and not because, not because everyone's screwed up, but also yes, because everyone is a little bit screwed up. Yep. I I just think, I just think, you know, like that's been the most important thing for me, um, has been able to process with someone who is licensed to process with you. Um, it's been, it's been so helpful and I've just seen, I mean, my faith has been flipped upside down. I, to the point where I don't know, I just, I don't really have a, a very clear understanding of who or what God is. Um, but in a very, I think in a freeing way, um, I think there's not a lot of expectation for, um, God to respond or act in a way that like, I think a lot of the time evangelical Christian culture puts him or her in a box to, to respond. And that's taking the pressure off of me as well. Um, to just, I don't know. I just, I feel like I'm living a more wholehearted life. I think that my life looks so much more like, uh, I mean, I, I don't even like to say this, but it just feels so much more reflective, reflective of, I guess, just the life that like Jesus would want or have, um, than it used to. And I think, And it's interesting because my life looks, you know, like I think three years ago, I would have looked at myself now and been like, Alex, you've gone off the rails. What's what's happened. But um, 
I don't know. They're just, my, my relationships are so much more beautiful and, and deep and meaningful. And, um, you know, I just see, I just see more colors in the world and I'm less afraid. And that's, yeah, it's, it's just been beautiful. Yeah. That's huge. And I think like, yeah. I think that's an experience of like so many queer people, you know, who are, who've come out and, and who are kind of embodying living as a queer person in the world. Yeah. They're like, I know I often am like, you know, 10 year old Matthias, 15 year old Matthias would be like, Oh my goodness. Who like that, that Matthias is going to hell. Um, <laughs> Hardcore. <laughs> like, yes. Like Sorry what happened? Yeah. Like, and, yeah. And, um, but like to, to be able to, to look back at, at that, those old selves and say, I am actually living my life yeah. in freedom. Yeah. And I just, I want to go back and hug little Alex yeah. and just be like, you're okay. Like, <laughs> okay. So it's hilarious. Um, I have, um, <laughs> my first female crush and this is embarrassing and I don't know why I'm offering up this information, <laughs> but I am. Yes. Um, and everyone's <laughs> like, okay. So I was 13 and Oh God, no, I'm really embarrassed now. I'll, but you know, was, tell I'm, me yours and I'll tell you my 13 year old crush. We can do that. Okay. Okay. Yeah, great. Okay. Wonderful. Okay. <laughs> so 13 years old and I'm freaking out because I have a huge crush on Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm talking like, I don't even remember what it was or like, but I just remember being so entranced mm. and then being so freaked out because I'm like, why? But like, I'm going to Google videos of Michelle Pfeiffer because that sounds fun. And like, (laughs) God, and I get made fun of now um, because of that. But it's fine. It's fine. She's a beautiful woman. It's fine. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Okay. Tell me yours. Mine was, was, so I remember watching She's the Man the first time. um, And Channing Tatum, like in that movie, that was like, Oh, who, who is that? Okay. Like, <laughs> is it, I mean, I think everyone thinks that who well, is that man? I mean, totally. Oh, I mean, yeah, he's perfect. that crush has, has continued on for like my entire <laughs> life. I mean, it's still there, but yes. like, that was my 13 yes. year old crush of like, Oh, Channing Tatum. Like, yeah. Oh totally. God. I mean, I mean, okay. So here, here's another one, but like I, um, and this is the reason, this is the reason why I, was like, okay, I need to like ask myself some questions here because this has not gone away. So in the last like year or whatever, it, uh, I guess the, <laughs> the like celebrity crush that like made me question my sexuality for once. Um, Kate McKinnon, man, you can't, you can't go wrong with Kate McKinnon. And I, I, that was the one that I was like, okay, so I need to Google this. Like, how do you know if you're gay? What's happening? (laughs) Like, it was so, it was so funny, but like, now I'm just like, but it's, it's hilarious. And also like, it's just been so good for me to be able to talk about this in such a casual way, like without shame, like, yeah, like the way that I came out to, um, Tori, uh, who's like my person, um, 
was I told her that I had a crush on Kate McKinnon. And she just laughed. She's like, I know. <laughs> like, of course you do. <laughs> like, do you see your face when we're watching, like, Ghostbusters? Like, Jillian Holtzman is everything. I know. Um, and I was like, okay. But it was so hard for me to say that. And now just casually talking about your celebrity crushes. And sometimes for me, it's a woman. Sometimes it's a man. And it's just, like, it is so freeing and empowering to be able to do that. Um, for me, it's a big deal. You know, I'm sure in a year I'll be like, oh, yeah, whatever. But, like, it's just... Yeah, I'm just every day stepping into uh, just living in my truth unashamedly. And it's, I just, I love talking about celebrity crushes. It's fun. It's yeah. embarrassing and fun. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. And to be able to do that, like, and you're naming that, to be able to do that. Yeah. Of even, like, I think even, because I feel like I grew up in a, a similar culture to yours of where, like, you do not talk about sexuality and even to yeah. name a crush in oh, the gosh. correct context is mm -hmm. like, you don't do that. Like, uh -huh. and uh -huh. so to be able to have that freedom just to even laugh about it and, and notice like the fun and the ridiculousness, like that is mm -hmm. a huge thing. That is yes. a huge thing. It's a huge thing. And it's such a human thing. And I just, I want that for everyone. You know, I just, I am all about getting rid of shame in every, every way that it exists. And that's part of uh, why I do what I do musically and why I write the kind of songs I write and um, why I feel the responsibility to share parts of myself with the world. Um, you know, I just, I want everyone to experience that freedom. So, yeah. So I think maybe to close, what would you say to those kids who are kind of looking up to you now and who are, who are finding parts of their stories in yours or who maybe aren't in the place where they can come out, but are starting to be like, Oh, wait a second. Like mm. I, this is, this is me. Yeah. Yeah. What, what would you say to them? If you, if you could talk to them right now. <sighs> Hi, you, <laughs> if you're listening, you're okay. You are, you are perfectly wonderful and normal and abnormal in a completely human way. There's nothing wrong with you. There is nothing uh, that deserves to be hidden. Every single part of you is completely lovable and was made so intentionally. And you are, uh, yeah, you are just everything that you were created to be. And if there are voices in your, in your world and your life that tell you otherwise, that's not truth. And, um, you don't have to take that just because they claim to be older than you, wiser than you have authority over you. Um, I just would encourage you to listen to the deepest, uh, part of you and that voice inside that you keep trying to silence. I just want you to listen to it. I just want you to give it five minutes to talk to you, hear what it has to say because it will it will it will continue to be there and you will be continuing to fight it for as as long as you as long as you will uh, allow yourself to and for me it was um, the most freeing thing to just breathe and let myself be just let myself be that was the first step for me um yeah just I want you to love yourself um more than anything um yeah yeah. Mm. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so yeah. much. Thank you. It's been such a pleasure. And 
this yeah. to you as you continue on this this wild journey. Oh, <laughs> thank you. It's crazy. Yeah. But I love it. Yeah. <laughs> thank uh, you so much. Thank you, Alex. Part one of Alex's new album, In the Still and Homespun, came out last month and is available now to stream or download. She's over on YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram at AlexGMusic7, and she's on Facebook at HelloAlexG. Queerology is on Twitter at QueerologyPod, or you can tweet me directly at Matthias Roberts. If you like Queerology and want to help keep it on the air, head over to MatthiasRoberts.com support to figure out how you can help support Queerology. A really easy way to do that is by leaving a review. Do it in your podcast app or head over to MatthiasRoberts.com review and it'll take you right there. As always, I'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to hear something on the podcast or just want to say hi, reach out. I'll get back to you. And until next week, y'all... Bye. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best-kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.